All right, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get on my soapbox this week again. I did that a couple of weeks ago about Justin Bieber, um, but I, but I, like, somebody's got to say it. Like, it's insane that ten percent of our GDP is now real estate, like the sale of of real estate, and, and like, I mean, we're Dang. all seeing this this insane housing bubble going on around us. Like, it's oh, yeah, not healthy it's for for any country to have like their economy so dependent on this like basic human necessity that is shelter like that it's it's crazy it's unsustainable um yeah i don't know we we moved to paris because we couldn't afford rent in kw anymore right like it's it affects for real right it's legit but you know like i think we have to i don't know i'm i'm one who the older i get and the more i think about it um and probably more influenced by thinkers like gk chesterton um, I think there is an area where, to be honest, there should be a little more potential intervention in the real estate sector, we shall say. I'm, I'm generally speaking pretty, pretty free market. You know, it is what it is. But there's certain levels of, of you said, basic needs, dignity, and, and, and care that there comes a point when when we, when we just got to realize that things are not going to work out great and it's not going to become the kind of society that we would want ultimately to become. And th- this is one small piece of that, of course, but um, it, it is, it, it's crazy. It, it is nuts that, that this is happening. And, um, and you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's more we could say, but I don't even know if, if there if there is yeah i just had to get that off my chest anyway thanks for listening everyone thanks for for humoring mike and i as we as we vent a little bit we process Um, all these things yeah as always the views and opinions expressed on the cast are those of the people expressing them and do not necessarily represent the views of c3kw with that said enjoy the show Okay, Mike, I, I stumbled across this really great article um, at the, the beginning of March. Um, it's by, it was in the New York Times. It's by uh, someone named uh, Lee Stein or Lay Stein. I don't know. How, how do you say that? L-E-I-G-H. How are you supposed to pronounce that name? Is it Lee? 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 I Lee? think it's Lee. Yeah. Lee? Lay, Lee. I'm pretty sure it's Lee. Someone, someone like message me after this when you hear it and tell me how i'm supposed to say that name but uh she she wrote this new novel called self-care which is a satire of the wellness industry and influencer culture which i honestly sounds really interesting i kind of kind of want to read that now but i'm going to read a few snippets from her article it's called the empty religions of instagram actually pastor sam from c3 toronto is the one who uh he shared it on his on his instagram story and so i checked it out and it says here 
Uh, 22% of millennials are not affiliated with a specific religion. We are known as religious nuns. The Pew Research Center found that the number of nuns, and that's nuns, not N-U-N-S, that's N-O-N-E-S, in the population as a whole increased 9 percentage points from 2009 to 2019. The main reasons that nuns are unaffiliated are that they question religious teachings or they don't like the church's stance on social issues. But we... But are we truly non-religious or are our belief systems too bespoke to appear on a list of major religions in a Pew phone survey? <laughs> Many millennials have, who have turned their backs on religious tradition because it isn't sufficiently diverse or inclusive have found alternative scripture online. Our new belief system is a blend of left-wing political orthodoxy, intersectional feminism, self-optimization, therapy, wellness, astrology, and Dolly Parton. Uh, and keep in mind, this is a woman writing this, so I, I don't, I don't quite identify with a lot of those uh, those beliefs she just listed. But I, I can definitely see this when I go on Instagram. Uh, she goes on to say, and we found a different kind of clergy, personal growth influencers, women like Mrs. Glennon Doyle, who offer nuns like us permission, validation, and community on demand at a time when it's nearly impossible to share uh, communion in person. We don't even have to put our, down our phones. In February, Miss Doyle posted a virtual sermon to her followers on Instagram, encouraging them to embrace quitting as a spiritual practice. More than 100,000 members of her congregation liked it followers responded with prayer hand emojis god bless yous and one hallelujah sister and then later down in the article she says i have hardly prayed to god since i was a teenager but the pandemic has cracked open inside of me a profound yearning for reverence humility and awe i have an overdraft in my outrage account i want moral authority from someone who isn't shilling a memoir or calling out her enemies on social media for clout left-wing secular millennials may follow politics devoutly but the women we've chosen as our moral leaders aren't challenging us to ask the fundamental questions that leaders of faith have been wrestling with for thousands of years. Why are we here? Why do we suffer? What should we believe beyond the limits of our puny selfhood? The whole economy of Instagram is based on thinking about ourselves, posting about ourselves, and working on ourselves. I thought this would be an interesting uh, follow-up to last week's conversation. We were, we were talking about um, kind of faith deconstructionists on tiktok um because this this ties in nicely with that about you know the kind of the faith that uh, young people have sort of replaced traditional faith with and uh even even just to an extent that there's like some kind of weird overlap i also feel with with christian influencers as well or, or, or christian social media giants i guess you could say um i'm pretty sure pretty sure i don't know if glennon doyle is like specifically christian or potatoes to a christian audience but i think of like rachel hollis who wrote girl watch your face and it's it's like vaguely christian but like <laughs> not really i haven't read the book and, and it, I, obviously like these are people that appeal to women maybe more than men um but i think even like um even just with we saw what we saw last week with brandon robertson like this is this doesn't know a specific gender like we're all on social media we're all trying to figure out life and, and our purpose mm -hmm. and um there are there are people that are maybe just pointing us to to look not so much above and beyond and more just at ourselves and i don't know mike i, I wanted to get your your thoughts on this and even just what the author of this article said yeah, I think 
that she is right in many ways, in many sad ways. Um, all it is, all, all this is, um, and I say that kind of humbly, but it's just secular spirituality. It's all it is. Um, you know, when, when you think about the, the, the secular myth of the modern world, and this is something, by the way, that like she talks about, it's those leaving the church, but this is just as much a Christian millennial Gen Z thing as, as it is the, the religious nuns who are spiritually hungry or whatever, right? That we think secular, like we, and we have to understand that, that there is this haunting, even in a secular culture, for the spiritual, for the reverend, right, she said, for the divine in some sense. And, and the problem is, if we've already committed to, to the ideas, that there is nothing beyond the imminent, the right here, right now. There is no hereafter. There is no um, enchanted world of, 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 of gods, of angels, of, of, of his messengers. If we've already chosen that, um, you know, utopia comes via human effort to be purified or human protest to rid us of societal evil or whatever, then we still need um, an avenue for that spiritual nugget that lives in our soul, that, 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 that eternity that Ecclesiastes says lives in the heart of, of every human to find its way out. And, and it's just, it's like, like, like you said, it's, it's hitting a ceiling. It can't go beyond the self in, in a real way. And, and what happens is we end up with, um, you know, disenchanted, so very naturalistic, very materialistic, disenchanted, imminent, my life right now, you know, YOLO kind of junk theology, um, very, very bolstered, very self-protected, you know, you know, very like, you know, screw the haters, just tell me all the good vibes only crap theology with then I still want to be spiritual. I still hunger for, she said, communion, community, um, answers, depth, right? But you can see how those things are, 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 are in tension with each other because the fundamental answers to why we're here and why is there suffering and how do we fix it, right? Put aims to the beyond us. They, they have to, yeah. right? And, and so we're in this, this cross-pressured tension of the secular world. Uh, uh, James um, K. Smith, he wrote a book called How Not to Be Secular, which was um, looking at a uh, previous philosopher Charles Taylor's work on secularism and kind of pull some, some, some of this stuff out. And, and it's, it's amazing to see it work itself out in this way because what, what did she say? That our spirituality right, is a blend of therapy. I, I, I know I need to be fixed. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I want to deal with some of my emotions. It's therapy. Right. She said it's it's political ideology. I need a meaning in life. Yeah. I need to do something. And right now, the political ideology of the left. Right. Is that meaning is through protest. Right. I have to be an activist. I have to be anti something. Well, yeah, to... yeah. Or like just that sense of being part of something bigger, I guess. Or bigger than me. Well, yeah. But you find that on the on the right as well. I yeah. think specifically when it comes to left or left, not left or left <laughs> ideology is there, there there's a true actionable come out put your voice do something be part of the solution let's reform right because as christians by the way we are ultimate reformers yeah we do want the world to be reformed the problem is we know that there's a weight to that there there there, there is a cost to that there's something deeper going on right and she talked about like intersectionality which 
that itself could be a whole podcast that we would have to deconstruct and go through. But but the idea of truly trying to identify myself within a group, right? And, and unfortunately, we're within a victimized group. But again, we can deal with that on another podcast. And so, so you you can begin to see the threads of this, right? I'm looking for identity, community, purpose, uh, transcendence, but I have to be imminent and nothing can tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, well, like those things are, are fundamentally in opposition. Absolutely. And, and, and so I think it's, it's, and, and, and the, but, but the good thing is what she says, like she's hungry and that's true. So here's what the church needs to figure out, right? Is, it is not that people don't want faith. They, they just need to be met differently. And the problem is, the problem is, all right, like, and, and this is going to be something that I, I think um, will, will be hard for modern people to recognize is, is that Jesus will not be changed by us, right? True faith. And he said, John chapter, um, John chapter 7, I preached on it a couple weeks ago, right? Where Jesus uh, says, I'll, pull, I'll read it, right? Where Jesus says, um, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. So Jesus says in John chapter 7 that if you actually want, if you, if you don't oppose God, you will know that the words of Christ are real. So what he just does there for us, he puts a moral component onto the pursuit of truth. That if, if, if I genuinely want the will of God to be done, I will go where, where, where God leads me and we believe that we'll be ultimately to Christ. But if I, I, if I you know, want to reject the Jesus because, or the Jesus of, you know, ex church because, you know, he seems judgmental as if I can judge God, you know, or he seems, you know, he, he, he doesn't like this group or whatever, which again, would be a bad reading of scripture. Um, I think we just have to recognize that, 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 that there are deeper issues. Like, I just think that we have to see like people still want faith. They just don't want the church right now. Yeah. And and that is both practical and moral. And and we have to wrestle with that. Right? Like like if we preach the gospel and we say here's what God like like you said last time, right? Like it's the, it's the confession of our life. We bank our hope on this whole thing. Right? And and if they don't want that, right? Like like here's the thing that you have to, that you have to understand, right? Is that people 2000 years ago when Jesus was, you know, first around and first resurrected, people were spiritually hungry. They just rejected the risen Christ. Yeah. And, they, and they still do. And so we can't, like, I think what we have to recognize is that human beings are haunted by spirituality. And, and the unfortunate part is, is that it seems, it seems that the greatest or the building influence, like she said, is it's almost like emptied, emptied or a, a skeleton version of, of religion. And, 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 and I think that if I were to make a theory on it, right, the the reason why it becomes so powerful is is it does two things at the same time for a lot, like for a lot of these people and and and, and maybe um, and, and, and maybe it, it leans female like 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 you said at least in this article for for different reasons but. 
you know, because it, it gives all humans. So I, just, I don't, so I just don't know if it, it, it is a truly like, you know, female thing. I think, I think you said all of us are on social media. The, the references she referenced are a couple of different women. I know you've talked to me about a couple of different books that um, these kind of influencers have written and whatnot, but what, what it does is it, is it answers two fundamental questions but in a way that doesn't obviously pit them against each other meaning meaning this that that you can have a genuine purpose in life and and make a difference in the world through in this case um you know left leaning ideology right and the same time right i can tell you that um no one gets to question your journey okay and you, and yeah. you might think well yeah that sounds great but here's the problem with that right and this is something that i think we have to recognize right is fundamentally to have a purpose right is to believe that there is a vision of the world that is worth chasing after that is currently better than this one and better than theirs. Right. Right? Like, like we have to think about that, right? Like, if I didn't think the world could get any better, then I wouldn't do, do anything. If I think my only purpose in life was just to, you know, make some money, eat some food, and, like, you, you get a lot of those kind of individualist and libertarian people, like, I just got to take care of me and, like, do, and, and do my thing. But, like, to be someone who wants to make a difference, like, implied in that is that there is a sin we need to overcome right so i'm going to give you a space to define evil sin and what's wrong suffering and pain and have a way to deal with it but in the same breath tell you that truth doesn't matter you can be whatever you want and you're left with this with this icky confusion but it feels so human because because how many of us want to be told no you're okay no, you don't need to change they need to change right yeah. that that group right like right. you and i sam we are the typified enemy of all humanity right and and so 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 instead of in, in, instead of there being a spiritual warfare because remember that's been taken up by secularism there, there cannot be a spiritual enemy anymore there cannot be a a common human falling right i need i need an enemy and, and I need these things because this is why, and this is maybe seems so disconnected, but it actually I think is so powerful. Why do we think the best stories of every, in all cultures, kind of follow ultimately the same heroic arc, right? right? There's this battle that we need to find against this great enemy. And once we defeat it, the world's put back, right? Like that is a common story, the hero, right? And, and in that, right, there is something there's something base and human in it that we know that there needs to be an overcoming. And and, and, and it's why, like like G.K. Chesterton talked about how in Jack, Jack the Giant Slayer story, right? He had to slay the giant because it was a giant, because it was a threat to humanity. It wasn't necessarily some big heroic thing. It was like, no, this had to be done because the giant would crush us or whatever, right? And and I know it sounds almost too simple, but that's the same thing. We, 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 we need a giant to go against as a human people it's why we write stories about it and do all these things and and there is a story being given to the modern world that is purely secular and very confused and, and i think that we that when the church stands up and says well no here is the ideal world here here's what it is it's the new heavens and new earth that by the way the left wants but it wants to do it in a certain way 
right? Where Jesus comes up and says, no, here's how it happens. It, it comes to the reformation of single human hearts, right? And me, Christ, allowing the gospel message, right? That, that when it takes root, when it up, uproots sin and evil, justice begins to flow and mercy begins to happen and compassion starts in the church first. As Paul says, right, take care of those, especially those in the family of faith in Galatians, I think, 6, right? It begins flowing out of the church, right? But implicit in that is what? You need to change. Yeah. You're part of the problem. So so now what happens in the modern, the modern kind of like this Instagram religion is... Here is an enemy you can fight. So, so there's an implicit moral framework, but you don't need to change. You're good whoever you are. Oh, but when you feel bad about yourself, I'll therapy you. I'll tell you that you're great and wonderful and it's not your fault. It's probably your mom's fault when she said this mean thing to you six years ago. And, and here's the thing. I say that like I'm in counseling. I'm trying to work some of that stuff out. I think it's good. But when our spirituality is essentially the mixing of these three things within some loosely formed community, then, then it, it actually brings a confusing mess that that scratches the itching ears as paul writes right and and that's the problem because i i i will i will embrace confusion if it feels good like i know that was a huge thing but does that make sense like do you understand what i'm, what I'm trying to say no for sure i i think um i i feel i don't think most people that follow this kind of instagram influencer religion have fully worked all that stuff out, but I think you laid out like where where it's contradictory and where it would fall apart upon closer examination. Um, one thing I, I did kind of want to go back to a little bit, because she drew parallels actually in the article between some of these Instagram influencers and like the televangelists of the 80s, like Ooh, the prosperity. It's, it's a new day. Prosperity new gospel. Day. I just thought that was really fascinating because I, I was thinking as you were kind of saying all that a little bit more about even where the prosperity gospel has like has had those kinds of contradictions too and, and where it still does because I, I actually think I actually think the prosperity gospel is still alive and kicking. Um, I'm not going to name pastors who I think I would consider prosperity pastors because I don't want to be I don't want to be divisive. Well, here's the thing. We'll all name we'll name drop Joel Osteen, but we'll get really uncomfortable if someone calls uh, Stephen Furtick a prosperity preacher. And um, I'm not say I'm not saying he is or isn't, but uh, yeah. but I am yeah. saying that there are saying there's elements of uh, of definitely the self help kind of thing mm -hmm. and this kind of mm -hmm. um, you know making you feel good. Uh, that that therapy there while while still presenting you know a bit of a transcendent you know like obviously you can experience mm -hmm. god and god god is here but but um it seems like a lot of the prosperity gospel uh, and definitely like the 80s and, and and those televangelists are a lot easier to caricature for sure like if you do this god's gonna make you happy god's gonna, gonna mm -hmm. enrich your bank account etc and so mm -hmm. That that's just kind of an that's an interesting parallel I think where it, like in both cases it's it's all directed at the self like both of them worship the self ultimately Jesus is the means but the self is the end in in the in the pure uh, outworking of the prosperity gospel I guess. Um, oh yeah, so yeah and, it's, and it's great now that you can flex your shoes on Instagram. So here's the thing, like I actually do believe that the modern kind of Christian celebrity influencer is is the televangelist reborn right because like it's a weird thing and i don't know how i feel about it when like some of these huge churches 
run like YouTube ads on their videos because they're getting money that way. And like, I don't know if I feel about how I feel about that. Right. And, and like making like, again, you need money for the mission. I don't feel bad about churches making money. Like you, like if you're a part of our church, yeah. please give. We, 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 we do need Here's it the thing to though, Mike, do what we do. But you don't, you're not using your position as pastor of C3KW and, and flexing that kind of influence that comes with that. I mean, okay, imagine the C3KW was a, was a giant church. Like we were bring, we had 10,000 people attending every week. All right. You're not going to, you're not using your platform right now to then enrich yourself because you're a well known pastor and you can write a book and it'll become a New York Times bestseller. Right. Like that, that's the, that is the path that a lot of these prosperity people invariably take. Well, the, the, there is a, a path definitely and usually the New York Times bestselling is actually because you cheated the system there's been many studies that have revealed that of late but I like and and that's a difficult one pastors writing books because like I don't know like I'd like to write a book one day and I, and I would hope that I've stewarded enough of a community that would want to read it so I don't know oh, like, I, I would read that, your book yeah right it, 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 it is a tough one but I think I think when, when there is a, how do I say it? When, here's my pro. Okay, so I'll say it like this, right? I don't have a problem of 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 people like itinerant ministers and you know missionaries or whatever using social media and using whatever to gain um, a certain amount of of um, of, of airtime in people's minds, attention, and raise some money for 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 what they're doing. Because again, you know. Paul says, you know, uh, a preacher who is, you know, who, an elder who preaches is, is worth double, right? You got to pay him twice kind of thing. He says sure. that and, um, and got to make sure people can, can continue the gospel. But the issue is ultimately, right? And I think this is the heart of the whole preachers and sneakers thing back in the day. And is, is, it's, it's, it's in the flex, we'll call it, right? That it's like, here's what Jesus does to your life, right? If you follow Jesus, like truly like I do. Right, and I know you guys can't see my face right now, but it's kind of like a, like this pouty condescension. But it's like if, if you follow it, then this is what you get, right? You get this this you know big life. You 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 get all the clothes. You get jacked because everyone's jacked now, and yes. and your life just falls together. And the thing about it is like these guys who are saying it, they're grinding. They're doing hard work. Like you have to give them that, but. They also, you know, like if there's one thing the pandemic has shown us, right? It, it's I think one of the things it's shown us is that the mega church flashy whole deal, right? Like it 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 was a a a season of the church that can no longer sustain itself. I think there's there is a coming time when this this celebrity this christian influence this kind of televangelistic i'm a like will catch up and we're beginning to see it with the whole hillsong thing right and there's other there's other you know cr cracks coming about yeah that that what people need is the local body of christ expressing yes. itself right yes. and and like like even for us right as a church one thing that i've said from the very beginning is we want to be a church that plants other churches right that that like we get to a certain size and we split off and we say, hey, we're gonna send a community over here and and we'll have some unity there and, and like use the gifts that God's given us, but like trying to create these these communities because like you know, 
I, I think that fame and influence are, are like on are like on one side of the of like one step on side of like the, the line of each other. It's like to ride the line of, of influence is very hard not to fall into the trap of fame. Yeah. Right. And the problem with that, and this is what I'm convicted in. Right. Okay. Is is that um, God will never. And, and I believe this. I could be wrong, and so I'll say that. But God will not judge me on the level of my influence. Right. Right? But the disciples that I make. Yes. And, and so if I have a church or an Instagram or whatever that has a wide influence, but I'm not making actual disciples who follow the way of Jesus, who practice the way of Jesus, who are committed to the way of Jesus. The way we define it, right, is that they are, um, you know, living with a sense of ur urgency and mission and eternity, that they're using their time, talent, treasure to build the kingdom, that they can defend the faith and articulate it, that they do life in communion, they're using their spiritual gifts, that, um, you know, they're, they're doing love kadebi. Like, we, we have a few of those markers in our church that we talk about, but like, if that's not happening, and I know it's hard to define that, but I feel like the pandemic has shown us that a lot of us are chasing influence, not chasing discipleship, and that's a problem. Now, you obviously, if you have more influence, you can potentially disciple more people, right? Because discipleship is it is about how we think and about how we view the world and how we live. But I just I feel like there's this desire in the modern pastor to be influential. Yeah. And, and that can rob them of their discipleship potential. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, right? But but, but I, th I think it can. Yeah. The way I'd say it, I think, is just that, like, it's not wrong to be influential or well-known or famous, but I think it's wrong to really want those things above all else. Like, it, it, it's wrong if that's yeah. why you're in it. And I, don't, I actually don't think most pastors that get to that level even necessarily start off wanting to be, like, you know, the, at the level where they're pastoring Justin Bieber. Like, I actually don't think that's probably their heart. But I think a, I think I think, a lot of these... I, well, no, I actually think now it is. This is this this is the the danger, right? Yeah, you might be onto something. Is that like I think I think it's the it's that saying, right? That like what one generation does in moderation, the next will do in excess. And if all of a sudden it is now possible to be JB's pastor, what? What young pastor doesn't want that today? That's true. Like That's true. there might be some like Southern Baptist guy who never made it past Arkansas or something like that. Fine, never heard about. But they it, want but to be John MacArthur. Maybe right, and and, and, and like. Cause like that's the thing is like you want as a, as any pastor like here's the thing like I tell people about Jesus and how to live for, for a living, right, and like in the social media age, it is it is ridiculous not to use the tools like i'm off instagram right now i've been off for what's it now it's is it march end of march uh four months about wow. and and for healing because i need it because i was i was i got caught I, I i have a heart that tends into this trap i admit it right and and not necessarily to be you know justin bieber's pastor i don't really care for that but to want to be an influential voice but the problem is when you want to be an influential voice in, in Christianity, in the church or whatever, there is always this shadow side of it that my identity is wrapped up in it, that affirmation is wrapped up in it and blah, blah. And it just, it makes you a horrible human being, right? And um, 
and, and I need Jesus to protect me from it. So I made some decisions, but like, I, I still blog. I'm still, I'm still on that. I'm still, you know, trying to connect to the church via different ways. And, and, and it's because I still want to influence our church, but like, I recognize that I will spend, and this is what's crazy. And again, maybe it's a calling thing and I'm sure it is. I'm sure at some level there is a calling and capacity in a season part, part of this that we're not really hitting on, but like, I know that especially when I was younger, like I'm 30 now, um, but when I was 22, 23 in, in, in the church, I was, I was writing and preaching sermons for YouTube. Be, not for the people in, in the congregation, but for those who may hear it, right? I wasn't loving the people, right? And that's the trap. That's the issue, is a pastor, like is a pastor of people. And the problem is, is, is if you are trying to, if you're using the local church to become the springboard of an itinerant ministry, then you're doing a disservice to the local church. Yeah, I think we need to recognize that. Like some, some, some of these guys, if they want to be like the church has always had itinerant ministers that go around preaching the gospel, evangelists, like we see it. Even Jesus references it in the Book of Matthew. You know that people who got, you know. Um, you know, beat up and, and persecuted for bringing the gospel and all these different things, right? Like it, it, it's there. And so if someone wants to be a social media ministry person and like their job is to do that, then great. I th- like in churches definitely need to be using the tools, but like pastors got to write sermons for their people. Pastors got, 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 got to write sermons, not for the flex online, not for the next viral video, right? Like, like if I wanted to go viral, on, on a sermon, like there's like six topics you choose from right now and you just keep preaching those things. Eventually one's going to clip. Like it's not, but like that's actually part, part of the reason why I try to teach the way that I do through a book. So it forces me to go with the Bible and not just with like, you know, what's, what, what might be popular. And, and I've made the decision, I've wrestled with it, but I just want to like, that's the thing is, is I've realized that to be a local church pastor, um, requires of me a local vision, right? And in in and and like and you, Sam, like your guy that I've said to said this privately before, but even publicly here that like you're a way better pastor of people than I am, right? Like I have some giftings in, in teaching and preaching and whatnot, um, but like on the ground, like I learn from you guys a lot what pastoring looks like, and I get reminded, hey, that I have a flock here that I need to care for, and and obviously the job of a pastor is to equip people like you and our men leads and our teams to do the work of the church, right? Like it's not actually about Mike ever doing anything. It's ultimately about the spirit allowing us to manifest his gifts for the good of the church. And and if I'm like thinking about, you know, is this sermon going going to pop off on Instagram? Is this sermon going to whatever? It's going to make a good clip. Then like there's part of me that, that thinks that, that there is a wisdom in that for the sense of like making sure people can remember it. It's a good sermon, but also there's a disservice. It's like, I'm, I'm not thinking about Peter. I'm not thinking about, you know, Kayla or Tyler, or I'm not thinking about Nelson. What I'm thinking about is some nameless guy who may watch us one day in, in LA and him liking it. Well, I, like he's not, I'm not pastoring that guy. Right. And so I think that there is, there is a tension in the modern age of celebrity pastor where if it's a calling, if it's a ministry, if God's raised you up and you're being and you're holding it well, I can see how that's a good thing. I totally can. But I also know as a local church pastor, right, that there is a huge affirmation, identity, comfort idol that lives in our hearts. And like 
like yeah like what 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 youth group doesn't want jb rolling up to it i'm just saying right like i remember when like he came to he came through a local church and people were freaking out like freaking out it's like all right (laughs) like like he's not like he's not part of my flock so i'm not gonna worry about it this is this is what it is and so i think there's a yeah, I would say I I don't want to I don't want to hate on the whole Christian influencing thing because obviously discipleship can be can flow out of that, but the obsession needs to die, hundred percent.